Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my Prophecy Dungeon review, the new dungeon in Destiny, and I want to give you guys my review and my thoughts about it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com, and that'll allow you to come right into the Twitch stream Monday through Friday. I'm usually doing these talks and conversations. You can use that to come in live. If you're on YouTube, hitting like, share, subscribe, and the bell button and leaving a comment is super helpful. So... This will be spoiler-free. I'm not going to include any major descriptions of mechanics or clues or tips. If you're wanting to go into the dungeon blind, this will not ruin that for you. I am going to talk about my thoughts on the encounters, what I think about how fun it is, intensity, and all of that. Then I want to talk about the loot, and then I want to end by talking about how it launched and, like, level and the level feel and... You know, the contest modifier thing that I've been talking about a lot lately. So let's just talk about the encounters as well as the environments. I think this is actually some of the coolest environmental settings that they've ever set up. I think this might be my favorite piece of PvE content in all of Destiny 2. I love it. I love the setting. Uh, This isn't like a spoiler if you've seen the trailers. It's very inspired by the Nine and some of the areas that are similar to like areas of the Reckoning. Uh, And I love that feel. Very, very open and big. Uh, The encounters themselves, they do a really, really good job bringing some intensity. I kind of felt like I was back in some of the era of like Wrath of the Machine where, you know, combat's kind of close quarters and it's intense. Uh, I'm going to talk about the intensity a little bit later in the video, but I do think the intensity really, really helped day one. A lot of folks were going in under-leveled, made the encounters uh, slightly harder. As far as figuring out the mechanics, I really, really think it's creative and fun. Once it clicks and once you figure it out, you kind of have that aha moment. Uh, And then you develop the strategies and you're communicating with your team and you're kind of like cooperating on who's doing what. It really, really brings a lot of fun, I think. And I was doing a two-man uh, just this afternoon, just for fun. Uh, I also think a lot of people are enjoying solo because of some of the mechanics and how you kind of have to do different things in a different way when you're by yourself or when you're you know, with some other people. Uh, this is, again, it's probably one of my favorite encounters, uh, and I think probably since Pit of Heresy, I think up to this point, Pit of Heresy was one of my favorite PvE encounters, so I absolutely love it. As a piece of content, as it's designed, I love it, and even the logistics surrounding the loot is good. Now, the rest of this video, I'm going to be a little bit critical about some of the ways they, they handled this piece of content, because it is so good. These elements are disappointing to me, and I feel like they could have handled it better, so let's talk about the loot. Uh, The armor is definitely cool. I kind of wish they would have just taken the dado, uh, you know, decal off. We had the vice and then the amelon and now the dado or dido, whatever, armor. I kind of wish they would have just taken those off. The armor looks cool as it is. And then you'd have this like armor, you know, I think these were from the the arms week thing that got data mined forever ago. I think that's what this was from. And that was one of the reasons that they probably decided to pull these out and use them because they weren't really tied to anything. But I love the look of the armor. Very, very cool, very unique. But they also brought back the Trials of the Nine armor, which I think is a little confusing. We kind of talked in stream today about how they should have maybe considered adding more value to this content for those who purchased the season pass. I get you want to do something free for all players. Day one, create kind of this aspirational hype I also think they didn't want to limit the time that it was in the game because this is the last season that stuff gets retired and this is going to retire temporarily due to a, like a technical issue something in the background so it is going to be coming back but I do think that's one of the reasons why they wanted to like launch it day one 
I think this led to an unnecessary amount of pressure day one to level, which makes people kind of skip, you know, the the main content. And I, that's that's I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But I do think that the loot pool in general is the aspect of it that I find disappointing. Widow's Bite and the Death Adder being sort of a reissue. I don't really care about those weapons. I know some people are like hoping to get really good rolls in the Death Adder for, you know, Crucible. And then the Ikelos weapons returning. We're not really sure if the SMG or the Sniper are going to show up in maybe a different version, maybe a challenge or something. But right now we've only, I've only seen evidence of the Ikelos hand cannon and the Ikelos shotgun showing up. And then the Trials of the Nine Armor is also in there. I think it would have been cool to say Trials of the Nine Armor, since it's a reissue, and the reissue weapons are free to all players, and they should have went above and beyond one or two guns, and then the Dido, Dado armor set for the season pass holders, I think would have been a better treatment for the content's loot. As far as grinding for the loot, I love their decision to let us continue to grind it. I will say this, tentatively, it seems as though your initial run is fresh drops. Maybe it's like a punch-out system. Everybody in chat today, including my fire team, on our first run where you're getting the pinnacle drops, you're getting the powerful drops, every single item was something that we hadn't gotten yet. It was either an armor piece we hadn't gotten yet, or like I finally got the Ikelos shotgun at the end. My second run is when I was getting stuff from the loot pool I had gotten before. Death Adder, Widow's Bite, etc. So we're, we're wondering if maybe your first run every week will be new items if you haven't gotten them yet. Once the entire loot pool is essentially unlocked and in your loot pool and in your collections, your subsequent runs are just pulling from that loot pool. I really, really hope they decide to do this for raids. It would be a great way to prevent people from getting everything week one because it's not possible. There's not enough encounters and your loot pool is limited until items get knocked out. Your first run would be the more exciting run. Am I going to get something new? Am I going to get the one item I don't have yet? And then once you get the items to drop and your loot pool is full, you can just run it as many times as you want, hoping to get the drops that you want. And you might not. Like, I'm hoping to get a good roll on the Ikelos hand cannon and the shotgun, and I've only seen the hand cannon one time. I'm seeing the Death Adder and the Widow's Bite a lot more often. So, by and large, they got the logistics right for the loot. The replayability, the opening up of the loot pool, the the fact that you can continue to grind and go back and you kind of know what's in there. You know what you're potentially going to get as your loot pool expands. But reissuing Death Adder, Widow's Bite, and the Ikelos stuff, and then the Trials of the Nine stuff... I don't think that's worthy of something that is at this caliber. This dungeon is so excellently designed. It's so much fun. The music, the setting, the lighting. They really should have done a better job with this loot. I find it I, I'm, I find it to be pretty disappointing. It, it seems like more bandwidth punt. They didn't have the bandwidth, I guess, to create some new weapons. That I don't understand. Some of this may be related to the fact that it's, it's launching right up against September, and they didn't want to give you a bunch of really amazing loot that then, if we go through a complete loot and weapon overhaul in September, which I believe that we will, that may be playing a part and them sort of like taking it easy on these weapons they didn't swing too hard at them now it is coming back okay so maybe when it goes away and comes back they'll bring it back and they'll reissue a bunch of weapons or launch it with a bunch of new weapons and make it a lot more exciting but the loot the loot is going in a great direction but the quality of the loot and the excitement about the loot just isn't quite there outside of the new armor set let's talk about the launch and the level 
I still stand by my initial criticism that they should have launched this with contest modifier. They basically launched this day one and it was really catered to the people who stack bounties and then the people who day one ignore the new content and just grind milestones. And a bunch of people went in with huge delta power advantages because they literally had a ridiculous amount of bounties saved up. I continue to think that that's a terrible way to treat content. Hey, brand new content. You ignore the new content. You grind milestones, rely on RNG and then save bounties to have those advantages. If they would have just done contest modifier, we could have spent some time grinding, buffing our level a little bit, and then everybody would have been basically treated as equals, and then it would have been a lot more fun. The other thing I want to say about contest modifier is, I really think this in particular, this dungeon in particular, really puts on display why we need the return of hard mode, okay? Once you're at Delta, once you're in the mid-40s or, or beyond, everything becomes extremely easy in here. Now, I know the last boss fight can get kind of intense. You know, it's it's 1060, but we were just two-manning it very easily. We were going to two-phase. I got disconnected. And, I mean, it was not that challenging. You know, obviously, I was running a Wormhusk Hunter build, so my survivability was a little bit high. But again... I would love to see a hard mode where contest modifiers on, they maintain that sense of difficulty and urgency, and I'm going to make my argument with the bull fight. I'm not going to talk about the mechanics. The bull fight, when we figured it out and we were under Delta, was so intense, you were clenched the whole time, you were sliding and trying to get away from damage so often, and it changed the flow of the fight. The intensity, the way we handled it, the way we tried to get around and, and, and hide from the enemies... That entire fight feels like a joke now. It's not even a threat. It's not that hard. I want to see Contest Modifier put me into a Delta. People are like, I thought you were anti-Delta. The Delta's a lot better right now because they let you go into content a lot farther under-leveled. So if it's only a 10 or a 20 Delta and you see the swords, it's a lot more manageable, a lot more enjoyable. And what it does is it brings an intensity that is not possible if you're at or over level. The intensity is just not there. It's a lot easier to stay alive. And you're basically just satisfying mechanics. I think there's a place for content like that. You finesse and bake, nothing wrong with that. But a perpetual hard mode where if you beat it week one or you beat it week three, you're, you're equals. Everybody goes in and experiences the same intensity, the same power delta. It comes down to skill, loadout, and awareness, and a good strategy, and a good plan, and good team synergy. I think that matters way more uh, for endgame content. I think this is true for raids and for dungeons. Having a perpetual challenging end game and I think contest really makes it easy to just always have that hard mode lingering and waiting and then you could have cooler loot or that maybe is where the paid you know the paid you know players could go and get the better stuff and go for the the harder challenge so I, I, I think leveling is going to continue to get you know criticism. If you saw my AFK Forge and leveling video, if you saw the most recent episode of the Rageous Roundtable, I think leveling is a significant problem and content like this sort of puts that on display because everybody's clamoring to get in there and enjoy it. But again, we tip over that leveling scale and then the entire game kind of becomes futile and, and trivial. And I want to see that change. If you're going to bring really good aspirational loot in year four, it's time to bring the real good aspirational content that doesn't get run over ripshod just because I'm overleveled. As always, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. 
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that came with my new Prophecy Dungeon review. Uh, both the review and the Q&A will be spoiler-free. I won't be going into any details if you're trying to go in blind. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at SayNoToRage.com. That will bring you to my Twitch channel. Uh, if you want to listen to these as entire podcast episodes, you can look up SNTR Presents on any podcast platform. YouTube, when you hit like, share, subscribe, and the bell button, that's a great way to support me. Let's jump right into the questions. We've continued to try to do our best to filter these. And uh, I appreciate everybody's positive feedback on YouTube about the new format, as well as those that are here and submitting the questions. We've had some really good uh, Q&A sessions lately. Uh, first question from Enzian. What is the dungeon loot pool, and can you farm loot for certain roles that you want? Well, I don't know the entire exhaustive list, but the Eververse armor set that they took out of the Eververse is in there. The Dado, the Dido, whatever you call it, armor set's in there. It's like the Amalon and the Vice sets. I'm pretty sure they pulled those from uh, Arms Week. Arms Week got, uh, I think, got scrapped. Uh, there's also the Death Adder and the Widow's Bite, and then there's the Ikelos weapons. I, I wish there was a better way uh, to grind specifically for the Ikelos weapons, but what they do is, essentially, this is how it works. There's some confusion about this. The first time you clear it, whatever you get basically sets your loot pool for the week, right? There's a sword two negative space. Okay, thank you. It basically uh, sets your sets it for the week. Oh yeah, the Trials of the Nine armor can drop also. I forgot they put the Trials of the Nine armor in there. That's so weird. The Trials of the Nine armor and the Dido sets in there. So odd. So yes, it's like Trials. When I run it on Tuesday after reset, whatever drops, that's my loot pool for the week. I am a humongous fan of this because I think they need to take this and put this into raids. Because if you get the Ikelos shotgun or hand cannon to drop, you should be grinding like crazy to get the actual drops or rolls that you want on those pieces of loot. Now, I will say this. I think the loot's incredibly disappointing. The dungeon's amazing. The armor's kind of cool. And if you like the aesthetic, if you don't like the aesthetic of the armor, it's kind of, it kind of screws you because like it's always a two-tone. Every, every, um, Every shader that applies to it is a two-tone, and it looks kind of cool, but if you're trying, if you're trying to get those uh, those guns, it's actually really, really difficult, because the, the, I got, like, Widow's, I got the Death Adder and the Widow's Spite, or Widow's Bite or whatever, and then that whole run is basically ruined. Now, once, if I get the shotgun to drop, Ikelos, I'll probably be in there grinding, trying to get another Ikelos to drop. So I love the logistics here. The treatment of the loot is great. The fact that it sets your pool for the week and you can run it as much as you want is exactly what they should be doing with raids in the future. However, this is another example of aspirational content with loot that is just ho-hum, in my opinion. Getting an updated Ikelos hand cannon shotgun, you know, or I, I don't know, if, is the SMG and the sniper dropping? I'm not sure. Uh, and the Ikelos weapons actually spawn more mine cells. So... I, 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 it's, it's a, it's, it's hit or miss. There are some good items in there, but when I saw the dead at death adder and the widow's bite, it really ruined it for me. I was like, what the frick? I don't want this. I wanted something new at the very least. It would have been cool to take the death adder and the widow's bite and give it like a cool Tron techno vibe to make it look inspired by the dungeon and maybe slap some new perks on there. That to me was the biggest disappointing factor of the dungeon. I think the dungeon's stellar, 10 out of 10 content, but the loot pool I just think is a gigantic, gigantic bummer. Mike Destruction Games. 
How do you foresee Bungie keeping longevity or playability throughout the season having released the dungeon day one? Well, the way they've set up the loot pool that we just talked about, I do think helps if you want to get in there and grind for good rolls. I think the umbral grind has potential, but they basically made it too easy to just run ripshod over it. Everyone's going to just be running nightmare hunts because it's so, so quick. Uh, the public event thing, I was surprised that basically the entire round table was like, oh no, the, the public event's great. And I was like, I was like, what? And the thing that blew my mind is they were okay with fail rate. I was like, what on earth? You know, oh yeah, I failed a couple, failed about half of them or whatever. I'm like, that that should be a major point of criticism and concern. Like, I don't think a fail rate serves a purpose for public event content for, for centerpiece content. You can have fail rates in dungeons and nightfalls and stuff, but why do you need to have a fail rate there? I'm continuing to say that the tower events... Listen, the same thing happened with the tower events. Everybody said I was exaggerating. They said, it's not that bad, Lono. People will get better about it. You know, it's actually not that difficult. And a month in, everybody freaking hated it. So I wouldn't be surprised if a similar thing happens here. We get about a month into the season. Everyone's like, ah, Lono was right. I'm sick of this. I don't want to do this anymore. All you need is a couple bad runs or a couple, you know, slightly vacant public spaces or people, nobody running champion mods for you to say, I, yeah, this isn't what I want to do today. Um, so I've not failed any, but I got within seconds of failure on at least two different heroics. I just, again, give it time. I I had the same, I feel like I had the exact same identical argument with the tower event. You go back in time beginning of season of the worthy the first week i was trying to tell people the event sucked and everybody kept telling me i was jumping to conclusions i was exaggerating it's actually not that bad and halfway through the season everyone's like oh my gosh i'm so i hate this i hate this thing so i just say give it time i think it's got really really short uh short shelf life if you fail you can still get good loot in general, no one likes to fail. Like, who wants to see the timer hit zero and the boss disappear with a little bit of health left? That's super unsatisfying. Like, I don't care if I get a consolation prize for failing. Just, again, give it time. Give it time. Same thing happened with the tower events. Ashen Hollow. Scratching my head on this one, why do they not reprise the nine weapons, and are there any examples of pinnacle gear in the dungeon? Not reprising the nine weapons is a head-scratcher for sure since they decided to bring back the armor but then the Ikelos weapons and the Death Adder and stuff's in there. I would have much rather than bring back the Trials of the Nine Weapons with some pretty dope rolls. They seem to want to avoid that for some reason. The fact that they brought back the armor though kind of invalidates any sort of well, we don't want to disrespect people you know, that earn that in Trials of the Nine. Okay, well you brought back the armor so you don't get to say that. So I don't really know why they chose to do Ikelos, Death Adder, and Widow's Bite instead. Um, I, I don't, I'm not really sure. Somebody's like, oh, well, that has to do with the retired you know, content or the retired locations or something. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Why, why, why are we doing that with a dungeon? You know what I mean? He's 100% wrong about the towers. The event wasn't the issue. The instant issues were what people hated. No, no. That was an issue. I had plenty of people after a month that would complain about the public event tower event because of fail rate they increased the difficulty people would mess the event up 
yes, you're right. There were people that were like, I can't get anybody in my instance. But again, in the early weeks, everybody told me I was overreacting and that the Seraph Towers weren't that bad. My... If I, if, if I end up being wrong and in a month everyone's like, no, it's great. Everybody's still doing it and loving it. I'll, uh, I'll be genuinely surprised. That's very, uh, not characteristic for the destiny community. So I am the Zoidberg for the most part. It seems like exotic catalysts are shifting toward giving better effects as opposed to just straight stat bonuses like the Trinity ghoul versus the Borealis. Should Bungie take a pass at some of the older exotic catalysts and bring them up? I think in general, a total overhaul of a lot of the exotics would be great. It it, it seems like it's time. Uh, There are plenty of completely underutilized, you know, completely underutilized exotics, and that could be a way to do it. I would say ground level exotics should be kind of good on their own. I don't, making it lean on a, a catalyst, I guess, isn't that bad, as long as the weapon's worth using. Um... The, the, the overarching problem that I always see with exotics is the value trade, the power trade is terrible. I know Trinity Ghoul is amazing for, for ad control right now. Is it good for ad control and really, really challenging content where you're probably going to want to run a really, really strong exotic for DPS? If you're trying to run Anarchy or the Divinity or the 1K or the Xenophage or any of those you know heavy exotics, is it going to be good in endgame content? probably not it's probably just really really fun in strikes and you know public space now i'm not knocking anybody's party by the way i'm not knocking anybody's party but in general i always feel like the value in the power trade is terrible when i do that uh you know you're gonna try and solo something you're gonna try and manage that dps you're gonna try and do really challenging content the exotic heavies become really really strong and necessary I use it to solo the flawless dungeon I mean I'm not saying there's not room for it I've not used it I asked the question so if people think no Trinity Ghoul is great for endgame a lot of people in chat are saying it's not that great in the endgame so we, we gotta take that with a grain of salt I will say in a general sense okay in a general sense yeah if you're using swords right now that's a little unfair right we have swords that are outputting exotic levels of damage which maybe that's the answer okay maybe that's the answer maybe the answer is let's start adding swords or power weapons to rival exotic heavies so you don't feel like you need to uh, always always use those exotics every single time Red Hawk how can Bungie make scouts better I left this in because this is my example of how to ask a good question. So I basically say, don't ask a question that's like, "Will bu- do you think Bungie will make scouts better in the future? That's just like a yes or no. I-, I usually say a better question would be like, how can Bungie make scouts better? The biggest problem with scouts, I'll give you my talking points. Okay, scouts are not built for Destiny 2. They're simply not. I- they could probably go away and, you know, almost nobody would notice. Everything's too close. The content's too too rambunctious. Everything's a little bit too agile. The content is not built for a scout. It simply isn't. Scouts were good in double primary because you could run, you know, an SMG, hand cannon, uh, auto rifle, you know, more med- medium to close range weapons for the agile up close encounters, and then you could switch to your scout for long range. If you do want to run something that's long range and hit those crispy crits, bows are in a really, really good spot. Bows are... Bows are in a in a in a place where they've got great agility, they've got great range, they can be hip fired. Um, bows are in in, in like a I would say a pretty 
pretty solid spot. Scouts are just kind of sitting there like they just don't, they can't keep up. They can't keep up with the agility. They can't keep up with, you know, the, 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 everything's like up close and in your face. The only thing I've come up with, which this may be way, way too much of an overreaction, but I've come up with the idea that scouts should be able to hip fire and essentially be an auto rifle. Um, I I don't know if that would break the game. Would that make them usable? Sure. I think scouts need to hit like a truck at distance. Like you should just be popping heads. Bam, bam, bam. Everything should be getting a one tap unless it's a shield or a yellow bar. Uh, and then if anything runs up close, you just hip fire auto rifle it up. Now, like the Skyburners, yeah, I mean kind of, but the Skyburners is really slow. Skyburners is really, really slow. I mean, like, a genuinely good, you know, auto rifle. So if something pushes up close, you know, the hip fire, um, you know, the, 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 the hip fire is, is there to, to be your option for mid to close range. So, and, but what Hey Shiz is saying, you would make scouts one size fits all. That's exactly why I said this might be an overreaction. Scouts may just literally have to live in no man's land. There's not really any traction or place for them. Anytime you go into content and you're like, oh, this would be a great place for a scout, your bow is probably going to do the job better. It's just unfortunate. Um, If they wouldn't have added bows, would scouts have any room? I mean, maybe. I I don't know. And the reason that's an extreme solution is because... That is literally what the game is built upon. The game is built upon everything being very, very close to you. Strikes, public events, the new dungeon, virtually every single raid. Everything is very close to you. And if they're not close to you, they're they're actively working on getting really close to you. Like they're running to you. Um, there's just no space for them, unfortunately. I know Randy's can be pretty good, but again, I think that comes down to fire rate. You know, that, that's, a, that's a very unique example. A lot of the scouts in the game, even with God Rolls, just do not seem to get any traction. It's unfortunate. I have a bunch of God Roll scouts. I'm like, eh, if they ever make scouts good, if they ever make scouts good, I just think they're stuck in a valley. They're not agile enough for how much close combat you have to endure, and they're not good enough at range to justify use. They may end up vaulting weapon types to address some of these problems. I would have literally zero problem with vaulting scouts and vaulting 140 hand cannons or you could just like absorb 140s into 150s. So there's 110, 150, 180. Um, yeah, make tons more space in the, in, in the loot pool. I would be totally fine with that. I, I would, I would, you wouldn't hear any argumentation from me. Uh, on that particular subject because that might give more room for more stuff like stop imagine the weapons team not making scouts anymore and instead oh we were going to make like six scouts okay well now you can make another hand cannon another auto, another auto rifle another this another that another blah, 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 blah. like they end up getting more you know yeah if you take 140s absorb them into 150s and then you make 180s not terrible and 110s not terrible you would have some good spectrum of hand cannon you got the heavy hitter slow you got the fast firing slightly better than a sidearm in the right circumstances and then you got the tried and true down the middle 150 I think they could get really really good spectrum on hand cannons if if they were to make those changes dash with 41 months and 23 months from we the people Fricado. 
This dungeon brings two elements that people have been asking for, less stationary boss fights, happening Garden of Salvation as well, and the ability to farm for roles by replaying. Can we use these as a, sp- a preface or a test subject for future content? I really and truly hope Bungie is just ears wide open on this. This is exactly how raids should be. Ship it. All raids post-September should work this way. Your first run sets the loot drops for the week. Grind like crazy. That keeps people from getting everything within just a couple of weeks because RNG is still going to potentially really restrict you from getting what you want. When you finally get what you want, you're going to want to grind like crazy. Yes, I finally got the auto rifle to drop. This thing's got some really great rolls. I'm going to grind the raid like crazy this week until I get the auto rifle that I want. Ship this please okay ship it now i would say another thing they could consider doing is contest modifier hard mode would then have different rules applied maybe the likelihood of curated drop maybe the stat rolls on armor go up same rules apply for grinding the loot but your hard mode version would be a significantly better grind but obviously contest modifier would make it tougher you know with the damage thresholds and stuff i continue to think there's plenty of room for number one for this type of intentional and generous loot grind and number two there's room for you know, harder thresholds and, and difficulty spectrum to return to the end game of destiny Parasito how could Bungie incentivize dungeon replays and present them in a challenging way without using contest modifier for fear of using it too often I don't have an answer for you Paris unless they cap the if they cap the um, the artifact if they cap the artifact then what you can run your pinnacles and you could basically make the entire dungeon, you could make it 170. So if you work your butt off and you get within the 150, 160 range, you're within the delta and it feels good, but it's still really freaking tough. And everybody else is like, dang it, I can't get up there. If you get the bonus 10 from the artifact, if you get the bonus 10 from pinnacles, by the time you do that, you're at level of the 170. So... I, th- that would be, I think, a really, really good way for them uh, to do it. Slightly off topic, but watching PvP homies and a lot of my PvP friends tried soloing Flawless at the Prophecy Dungeon is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I think that is cool that people are dipping their toe. You're wrong. The reason the same piece of armor is dropping is because it's the only thing in your loot pool. For example, if you got a cloak this week and boots next week, you go to farm, you get boots and cloak. You don't know that. Who said that? Did they clarify that somewhere? Where did you get that information? If that's true, that still works because eventually the whole loot pool is available and you just grind like crazy, right? If, if, the, if the loot pool slowly opens up, the more you grind it week to week to week, that still works. Obviously, that's a little bit less focused. So that's how the trials loot pool works. They did not clarify. That's how garden. That's not how garden works. Check my earlier message. Hang on. Doge said they confirmed it. Hang on a second. Okay, so Doge says, the dungeon is called Prophecy. It's a prophecy how those locations are getting yeeted out as a wasteland. Oh, 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 oh. That's not how it works. The loot can be farmed is the one you unlocked on that encounters. It's not set weapon for each week. I didn't say it was a set weapon. I didn't say it was a set weapon. It seemed like to me the loot pool is set by what you get drops. Now, McCoy might be right. 
It might be literally like trials. Each week you're expanding your loot pool. So each week, you know, newer things drop. And so next week I'll have more things in the loot pool. So anything from week one and week two can drop in my subsequent runs. That's still, I'm still okay with that. That's still a good system that keeps you from getting literally everything week one, and it also gives you that reason to come back each week, and it also gives you a reason to grind it multiple times. So, if it's not just set for the week, that's actually good feedback. You guys are probably right. That is probably how it works. We'll know end of today if that's how it works, because folks will continue uh, to grind. Garden of Salvation does work like that. No, it does not. You cannot regrind garden for subsequent drops. That is false. We are talking about a loot delivery mechanism that is brand new to endgame PvE content. There has never been a raid where you you can keep farming it. Now, if you're talking about the chest in-betweens where you could only get the armor that was in your loot pool, okay, sure, but that's not really what we're talking about. We are talking about the fact that you can re-grind it for more drops. You can't do that in a single raid in, in Destiny right now. You're right, the in-between chests are restricted by your loot pool, and then as the loot pool opens, you can get more things from the chest. Again, I think you guys are right, that's probably how they're going to do this. That's still a great way to limit the loot pool and allow you to rerun it instead of restricting you to once a week. So... We're talking about two different things at once. Right, it's it's hard. Sometimes I read chat and I think you're responding to me and you're responding to somebody in chat. So if they cap the artifact, they need to make leveling harder. I'm already plus 12 on the artifact. And your idea of capping it at 10, uh, I would have completed that in the first week of the season. I don't care. If you hit max level in the first week of the season, I don't give a frick about that. Making leveling harder is a terrible decision that will not happen. Promise you it won't. They, they're not going to make leveling harder or infusion harder. That, that school of thought is gone. It's leaving. Everybody that championed expensive infusion and hard leveling at the summit a couple of years ago, they've all changed their positions. All of them. Now, some of that's related to the fact that they just listened to the community and they looked at the general trends and the general feedback and they were like, my position has changed. I think another factor is that a bunch of them took breaks and then came back this summer because everybody was really hyped and they were like, this sucks. I don't like this, right? The minute they had to run through the routes that they were basically forcing casuals into, they didn't like it. As soon as they experienced that, le- that side of things, they were like, I don't like this. I RNG leveling and infusion just to go run the dungeon. I'm not a fan of this. They got a taste of their own medicine. When you're destiny rich and you're sandbagging for next season and you're saving up currencies and you're having all these things, a surplus going into every season, it was really easy to be like expensive infusions, not a big deal. Leveling's not that hard because you can play eight hours a day and you have that surplus of being destiny rich carrying over. Now, all of a sudden streamers that were taking significant breaks from the game are experiencing exactly what I was trying to highlight in year two, Forsaken and Beyond and I was like, people don't like this if they take a break, if they fall behind if they're not max level, if they're not destiny rich, these these systems are terrible 
they experienced the pain points that they thought were not a big deal and now they're like yeah let's get rid of leveling <laughs> let's get rid of infusion let's get rid of all these things yeah because they suddenly saw things from the side of the perspective that i was trying to vocalize for the last two years i was trying to take up for mid lane players casual players committed players but players with limited time and i was like these systems absolutely suck and basically everyone's joining my team now if people still want leveling to be painful or slow or they want to add arduous grinds like leveling your guns again that ship is sailed okay that influence is gone they've made infusion super cheap they have streamlined leveling it's still not where it needs to be but they have streamlined leveling that influence will not get a hold in the game any longer they are taking aspiration and they're refueling it at the upper echelons that's what they're doing they're not going to shove they are not going to shove like hardcore player habits into the lower the lower hemisphere anymore right they're not going to do that anymore that, that that's one of the biggest flaws in the logic of like leveling guns or painful infusion or slow leveling is you're dragging the the bottom rung player through hardcore player habits and it doesn't freaking work they're creating aspiration at the upper echelons if you're a hardcore player that's what you can set your sights on Honestly, and I'm going to continue to say this. I'm going to continue to say this. Leveling isn't content. Slow leveling is destructive to rhythmic player engagement. Like, that is... I feel like those are facts at this point, okay? Slow leveling is terrible for most of the community. And when leveling was at its worst, okay? When it's at its worst we were still hitting max level in two weeks as hardcore players and the rest of the player pool and the rest of the player base hated it if you try to go to slow leveling again i'm gonna go right back to all my videos from year two and be like you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong all you have to do is look at player sentiment during black armory drifter and opulence and the fact that they had to add freaking surge bounties they had to add surge bounties. So if you want to go back to painful leveling or slow leveling, I, we, we had this debate last night. I don't think leveling has an intrinsic enduring value point for hardcore players. They glide over it in a week or two and they're done. You're defending something that does virtually nothing for your experience other than give you a chore list for the first two weeks. And then you put everybody else on a dadgum treadmill. Inaccessible treadmill. Why do, why, 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 why do that to the player base? It's awful. It's absolutely awful. It is, again, leveling isn't content. Stop asking for something that isn't content. Leveling your gun isn't content. Running in a circle on Mars to pick up relic iron isn't content. Stop asking for Destiny 1 level content. Destiny 1 had no content. The content was the leveling. Do you remember when No Man's Sky launched? Do you remember? What was the actual genuine grind in the bad vanilla version of No Man's Sky? What was it? It was literally expanding your inventory storage spaces. What the frick? This is a backpack simulator. Why am I playing this? Destiny Vanilla was in a very similar thin what's the real grind state. The Destiny Vanilla grind was literally the absence of content, so you ran in circles and picked up Relic Iron. That 
is not where the game needs to go. We're getting rhythmic content every three months for $10 with new loot injections, new perks, new gear to try out, new mods to try out. Some of the mods this season are nuts. You want to put people through Destiny 1 hamster wheel garbage, stretched out thin grinds? Absolutely not. That would be horrible. You're talking about a de-evolution of the game. We cannot go back there. We're not there anymore. We simply aren't. So, I, I, I've i been banging on these, these drums for two years, and people are slowly joining the drum circle to be like, leveling and infusion is so bad, it's got to go, and I hope we see significant changes in year four. I really, really do. And if you want... If you want hardcore aspiration, I think you're going to get it, but you're going to get it at the upper levels of the game where that stuff belongs. Grinding a raid in a dungeon multiple times throughout the week, that's content. That's you going into the end game and being that hardcore end game player and grinding content for good stuff. Instead of instead of doing that, what do you want to do? You want to run around Europa and pick up icicles or do you want to grind a dungeon and a raid all week for the drops that you want? Which do you want? Cuz one is a D1 mindless non-existent content grind, the other is an evolution of end game content aspiration grind like which sounds better I don't really feel like picking up icicles on Europa I feel like going into content and grinding for loot that's what I want to do now I think there's room for weapon investment I do I think there's room for weapon investment here's the gun it's good if you use it and invest in it it can become better I, I do think there's room for that, but you gotta be really freaking careful because sun settings out on the horizon th- as a threat to a massive amount of investment in one piece of gear. Oh, dude, took me so long to capstone this gun. Holy frick. And then, oh, it's gonna get sunset in six months. You gotta be really freaking careful. Sun settings opening up a door for upper echelon pinnacle aspirational loot. You're gonna come in and wreck that world if you're like, yeah, but it's gonna take you three months to capstone the gun and masterwork it and invest in all the perks. You're like, I don't wanna do that. It'd be better to invest in mods then. There's some amazing mods. There's some amazing mods this season. Uh, X bacon pancakes. Well, that sounds delicious. Um, favorite new season perks. Uh, I'm really liking killing wind on bows. I haven't used enough. I just got, um, I just got killing wind on something and I kind of want to try it. Uh, I got killing wind and surrounded on a hollow words. You know, final blows grant increased mobility, weapon range, and handling for a short duration. This sounds pretty cool. This sounds kind of gut-busting. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I have a subsistence surrounded auto rifle as well. Uh, That seems like a pretty good roll. That's nothing new. This one here, reloading after a final blow, reload stowed weapons. This is great if it didn't roll a subsistence. So there's there's definitely some some potential. There's definitely some potential with these weapons to get some of the cool new things. Um, I I like them. I like some of the stuff they're doing with the perks, even though it's just the summer. I'm hoping we get a lot. We get a lot more cooler stuff. Uh, no pun intended, but I hope we get some cooler stuff with stasis and ice in, uh, in, in September. Yeah. There's the healing one too. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Honeycutt. 
Um, what does Bungie need to do to put 140 hand cannons more in line with 150s? Oh, I'm sorry. I already answered this. I, I want to absorb 150s into 140s. That I think that would fix it. So, Tassie did a good article on God Rolls to Grab. There you go. Light Leap. Do you think adding the Eververse armor symbolizes a better loot future for activities like dungeons? Do you think a dungeon deserves its own weapon armor loot pool? Yes and yes. I love that they added a unique armor set. I do. I was. I, I'm, it's a, I think it honestly is kind of unfortunate they didn't put this in the Grandmaster Nightfalls and trickle out one armor piece a week. I, that seemed like such an easy, easy pick. Um... Maybe that's the aspirational armor grind every season. Didn't they say every season we're going to get an aspirational armor grind? I think they said that. And maybe that's what they're going to do. I don't know if this is meant to be it. If this is meant to be the aspirational armor grind, then uh, we got it. Um, So... I would say that if if you're going if you're going to try to put better content, uh, better, better, you know, better stuff in the dungeons, number one... This season's kind of weird. Like the dungeon's free. Lots of the season is free. Uh, that's kind of odd. I'm wondering what their plan is going forward with that. It's like I pay I pay ten dollars, and I would wager to say seventy five percent of what I'm paying for is probably in the season pass with the ornaments, the ornamental armor, ornaments for the gun, you know, the exotic and stuff. Uh, I am really worried about value transmission to the consumer right now. Like, if you go to Bungie.net and you look at, like, what you got that you paid for and what the people that didn't pay get, it feels a little strange. Now, I will say this season's better than last. Last season, it was like, what the frick did I even pay for? The free players got virtually everything that I got. This season... I think by the time we get about halfway through the season, people will be like, well, I'm glad I spent the money because there's a lot of story things that are going to be happening that you won't have access to. So story, exotic, and season pass, and then the umbral focusing, that's basically what you paid for this season. And for $10, I think that's a pretty fair value transmission, but it's all about perception. If you go to Bungie.net and you go to this season's page, it looks a little odd. Um, it It looks a little odd right if if let's just do it let's just do this let's just go to you go to bungie.net click on season of arrivals okay and you got to scroll down to where there's all the bullet points and it gets a little strange from a perception standpoint okay so you come down to where there is it's right underneath the season pass okay so when you see the green side and the gray side the green side is season pass owners and the gray side is non-season pass owners okay the first one two three four five six bullet points are identical they are identical bullet points okay so when i'm the paying player and i look at this i'm like i don't understand literally half of the bullet points are free okay now you come down here new weekly mission new exotic weapon quest instantly unlock the new grenade launcher instantly unlock seasonal armor set so again these are not actual things i'm getting that they're not this is a you get it right away and then bonus xp so ignore the bottom three <laughs> ignore the bottom three. Oh, the sixth one is different new season pass progress track with unlockable rewards at every rank oh yeah that's the season pass you're right i'm sorry you're right five identical bullet points and then you get the season pass so essentially what you get for your ten dollars is the season pass paid track new weekly mission new exotic weapon quest that's it that's what you get okay 
Oh, and you get the umbral focusing. Like, you can't do the umbral focusing, because right here, where does it say it? It's There's a currency that we get, too, right? I thought it listed that somewhere. Anyway. Um, uh, I thought it said that somewhere on there. I guess it's not listed. In any case, th- this is... I think this is a perception problem. I think Bungie needs to do a better job of making it clear you get more for your $10. I'm going to give you a really easy example. Right up here, new dungeon, the Dido armor set should only be dropping for season pass owners. Why? Because you took it out of the freaking Eververse. Like, you can run the new dungeon, sure, as a free-to-play player. You can get the reprisal weapons. You can get the reprisal trials armor. But over here, no. If you want that new Dido hot hotness armor, uh-uh. That's for season pass owners only. That would have been a really easy... Oh, look, dungeon. Oh, but we get this other armor set. That's one of the big, big things they need to focus on is these ones right here, the top four, new dungeon, new public activity, moments of triumph, solstice of heroes. This over here needs to look different. I paid money. How's the new public activity going to be different for me? I paid money. How's moments of triumph and solstice of heroes going to be different for me? I paid money. How's the dungeon going to be different for me? Like, it's weird to be like, Bungie, uh, you're giving away way too much for free. Can you settle the frick down? Like, you're devaluing your own stuff. It, again, I think we get $10 worth of stuff. I think the perception is we get very little. We get very, very little. It, it seems like we get virtually everything the free folks get, but then we get weekly story mission and an exotic quest. And then we get stuff earlier. You get the armor set and the grenade launcher earlier. They still get it. You just get it faster than them. So I am not saying that we don't get $10 worth of stuff. I believe that we do. I believe Bungie is doing a poor job communicating the value differences between free and paid. I believe they're failing to communicate that. Because I think the story missions and all the stuff on the season pass and the umbral focusing and a new exotic quest, that's well worth $10 to me. Well worth it. We get really, really clean looking stuff on that season pass. There's a lot of stuff on this paid track. You get a finisher, you get more currency, you get transmat effects, you get exotics on here, uh, you get way more of the, the, the planetary currency and bright dust. You get a, a really cool looking, beefy looking sparrow. Uh, you get an entire ornament set for the armor, and then you get what's the last thing that you get? Oh, you get an ornament for the sword, and you get a ghost. Like, to me, we get a lot for the $10. We do. That's in addition to story missions. Again, that's in addition to story missions and an exotic quest and the umbral focusing. But again, I am taking issue with the communication here is not good. It, it looks like uh, it, it, I, I'm not getting a, a huge distinction of difference here. I'm not getting a big distinguish, d- distinguishing difference here. You want your $10 people to feel like they're getting an absolute freaking bundle. And what this looks like is I'm paying $10 and you're bloating up the bullet points with stuff that everybody gets. And down here, this is stuff that everybody gets. I only get that early. And if to the, to the perception To the consumer's perception, it could kind of feel like, man, you guys are really, really trying to get away with like a a fast one here. And I don't think that's true. If I was Bungie, I would restructure this to really make the dungeon, public activity, moments of triumph, solstice of heroes. All of that should look different for me. It should have something like underneath of it or next to it. 
to communicate you're getting a better experience and at the bottom line i mean the dungeon should have had stuff in there that you can't get unless you're unless you paid for the content it's all reprisals the only thing that's new is the dido set and they're giving that away to everybody basically I'm not going to bang on that too long. I'm not going to hurt them for it, but I think they could do a better job communicating the value of the $10. With Bungie pulling destinations, do you think that they'll put dungeons on a rotation to save space in the game? This is a great question. We don't know, but we know that we we don't know what they're doing with this, but we do know if anything's in the game, it's in the game for a year. They're not going to be like season to season ripping planets and dungeons out. So, brand says where do you think dungeons fall in the hierarchy of what players want or demand out of aspirational content it is the second is it second to raids or does endgame pvp grandmaster nightfalls fall in front of it grandmasters are certainly harder because they maintain uh delta with contest modifier so grandmaster nightfalls are significantly more challenging than dungeons and i think that's a a a short selling of what a dungeon could be i think this dungeon in particular with contest would be a lot more fun it'd be a lot more intense um pit of heresy as well there are parts of pit of heresy that would be a lot more tense and a lot more tough if there was a hard mode with contest i'm telling you that is just you you guys are going to get sick of me saying it but i think contest modifier is this massive value potential that just hasn't been tapped into yet bringing back truly perpetual challenging content that rewards the player accordingly has been absent and man oh man contest could bring that back in such a great way void pill are you satisfied with the loot that drops in the prophecy dungeon i feel like this was a perfect opportunity to reintroduce randomly rolled trials of the nine gear we've already addressed this so i am going to just sort of say the same thing i said a little bit ago uh it is the most disappointing part of it. Everything about it is great. It, the loot is the disappointing aspect. And the way they launched it, I wasn't a big fan of. I thought it was kind of... You you let people who saved bounties have a huge advantage. Um, and if I really wanted to level up and run milestones to get ready day one, I had to ignore literally all the new content and go run really old content. I just... That was another aspect of it that I was not a big fan of. And now the challenge doesn't get to persist because everybody's overleveled and going in and wiping the floor with it. Um, so there's a handful of things I think that could have been handled better. It's such great content and it launched in a strange way. And then once people are over leveled, it's super easy, which is, I think, unfortunate. Orison seven. What do you think would be a new gun type that could be added in the new fall expansion, but rather something like do wielding? Well, I've always wanted more trace rifles and with ice on the way, you could certainly go the route of more. I I want more futuristic weapons. I'm done. I'm just so over carrying a hand cannon and a shotgun. All right. Give me something futuristic. Give me an auto rifle. That just seems nuts. Give me a trace rifle or a fusion rifle. That seems crazy. You know, that's what I want. I want to feel like I'm in the freaking future. I like we're we're playing Destiny and we have space magic and we run around with weapons that are, you know, souped up versions of Call of Duty weapons. Like we run around with auto rifles, hand cannons and shotguns and snipers like in in a lot of the content and I really want to see us lean toward more future and I hope Stasis and Ice take us there. I think it definitely could help with that. Um, yeah, we're running around with freaking bows. <laughs> bows? Like what? <laughs> I, bows are cool, but it doesn't feel like a futuristic weapon. What am I, Robin Hood? Like, it feels... 
like thematically it's a little strange like here I am on the precipice of the lair of a god what'd you bring with you oh I got a bow and arrow what <laughs> like what why you have what and like somebody pulls out some big giant like laser gun like a bow and arrow really and then you like run off to get you know engage in the content <laughs> it's like come on man I, I, I want to see more futuristic weapons. That's uh, That's been my call for a very long time. There's been two big things I've said about the weapon system. Invest more in elemental perks because they're more interesting and we move away from just pure raw power damage and reload perks that I don't think are nearly as exciting as cool elemental perks. Uh, mo- so more elemental perks and way more futuristic. Legendary trace rifles. You could do, you know, linear fusion rifles that are more like rail guns, like from Quake. There's plenty of things they could do with the futuristic weapons. And when they do, those are some of the weapons that we love the most. 1K Voices. Sleeper. Anarchy. Are, these are weapons that are, that are you know, so favored right now. We love them. They're cool. Divinity. You know, these are the weapons that make me feel like I'm doing something that I can't do in any other game, like a Nova Bomb, right? I want weapons that bring the space magic, and I think they need to continue to do that. Um, comment by Cosmo about the sunsetting article. Sorry about that. We'll update that help article too uh, soon. Garden of Salvation and Last Wish gear will be granted an exception from the max power cap rules, and they will have a max power cap that allows them to be infused to the max power cap of Season 14. The UI will be updated to show this starting in Season 12. But the article also says that they'll be reissued. Are they reissuing the weapons? Are they going to have new perks? Or was is that like a miscommunication? Yeah, the Wither Horde is really, really cool. Another example of a great space magic weapon, you know? Now, I know people are going to be like, but swords, Lono, swords? Okay, but the coolest swords, what are we doing? Bolt casting, you know, dark drinker animations. So, swords have a place in space magic, I think. Largo. There's been a debate about giving all of the raids powerful pinnacle drops, now just the newest one. In September, would you like all three to be a source of pinnacles, uh, or should the only the most recent one drop those? You know, I would be fine if they all do. I mean, if you're going to take the time to literally run all the raids on all your characters, you probably deserve to get drops the whole time that actually help you, you know? You're going to absolutely love the tr- new trace rifle we're getting later in the season. How do you know that? Sir, what do you know? Do you work for Bungie? Uh, <clears throat> so, I yeah, I would be okay with that. It, it, again, if you're going to run all three raids on all three characters, then, you know, let's let's do it. Oh, leaks? Oh. Uh, wanted to wait until after Q&A, because it was not on topic, but what do you think of the new exotic trace rifle? I'm not going to comment, since apparently the, the info has been leaked. Um... Law Enforcer with eight months, three months from the big Marvinsky. Thank you. Para138. What do you think of saying that raid gear will be reissued in season 12 with the new power cap? We just touched on this. We want clarity, so I'm going to skip, okay? Um, I'm going to skip. Your son guessed the ability yesterday. He did not. No, he didn't. Does it turn the enemies into bombs that go boom, boom? Oh my gosh. That's going to, I'm going to literally have to show him it in action. Be like, do you remember, buddy? Do you remember you saying this? That's hilarious. Uh, Scarlet Stash. With early reissues of guns with no perk difference, 
Is this a sign of sunsetting isn't quite what people thought? You've talked about signs of an upcoming major weapon system update, so can we chalked up as fall hasn't arrived yet? Yeah, this one snuck through. I don't want to talk about this. I'm sick of talking about sunsetting. I'm sick of talking about, you know, gnawing hunger and lonesome is like making people light Reddit on fire. Which is exactly what we were worried about. Like, I'm sick of talking about this. We need an update from Bungie on what exactly they envision. Like, what is going on with lonesome and gnawing hunger? I have a sneaking suspicion that when the UI for Garden and Last Wish weapons are updated to show the correct infusion cap, I have a sneaking suspicion that Gnawing Hunger and Lonesome will suddenly show the proper infusion as if they were as if they are reissued this 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 season. They're literally in the database as the same weapon. They're not in there twice. So I think it's a UI glitch. I really truly do, and I'm sick of talking about it. If Bungie comes back and is like, they're not reissues, they don't get the infusion raise, I'm gonna be like, y'all done messed up. Why why frustrate people about that? It's not that big of a deal. Update gnawing hunger and lonesome to have the infusion rate, you know, levels of this this season and just freaking put it to bed, please. Like I'm so so no, I'm not I'm not frustrated with you, Scarlet Stash. This has just come up a lot. And so I'm just kind of tired of talking about it. Fearless fate. How can Bungie improve the leveling system when Beyond Light drops without causing fatigue in the player motivation in the years to come after? Love the content and keep it up. You're going to have to keep raising the floor. 750 will no longer be the floor. 1,050 will have to be the floor this September. Everybody comes in at 1,050. They're going to have something like that. Maybe 1,000. Any new character you make starts the game at 1,000. Something like that. They're going to have to raise the floor. Because if not, the disparity, the, the, the distance will be stupid. Strikes will be 750, and your end game content's gonna be what 2000? Like, they're gonna have to raise the floor, they're gonna have to raise the level of all your stuff and raise the floor entry point for public space strike content, etc. So nobody falls that far behind. You can't have people creating a new character, like, yay, I'm 750, cool. What's the end game content at? Um, it's like 1300 power level above you. Like what? Like, no, you can't do that to people. It's gotta be within reach. I would say the floor being 1050 would be the right call. 1060 would really invalidate people that did the pinnacle grind. I could see them making the floor 1050. Hey, you're, you're welcome back. Your new character is 1050. Well, that's not fair. I grinded for 1050 last season. I'll shut the frick up. There's a new cap. There's a new cap. They could do a number crunch. I wish they would. Oh yeah, where they like they they, they lower us, but then they lower the ceiling as well. Uh, I don't see them doing that one. <laughs> I don't see them doing that one. Benjamin uh, says, "How do you think Bungie is going to prevent over leveling for something like this in the future? They introduce contests, but is there anything else that could be done?" Uh, Uh, oh, I already answered this. If you're not going to use contest modifier, then you have to cap the artifact so that the end game, the end game delta is maintained. A really simple solution is just to use contest modifier. <laughs> like just slap it on there, you know, and no one can over level and the challenge is maintained. I said this when I was ranting the night of the, con- the, the the night of the dungeon launch. I was ranting about this. Okay, the teams that go in week one and deal with the deltas and beat it, man, what an achievement! Awesome. And then two or three weeks later, a bunch of a bunch of overleveled people can watch a YouTube video and skate through it. 
They can just skate on through there. Wouldn't it be better for the delta and the difficulty to be maintained for it to endure? So if you beat it week three or week one, everybody's overcoming the same challenge and it requires the synergy, the loadout, the awareness, the skill. D- you see, I it, it's it's to me, it's a disrespect it's a level of disrespect. I don't want to turn into like a hyperbolic Karen. Like, it's a slap in the face. I'm talking about the content. It seems to me to be a disrespect of aspirational content to be like, here's the here's the brand new dungeon. And then a week later, people are like, this is easy. I'm 1,050. And they just fly through it. Come on. At the very least, bring back hard mode with cooler loot so that then there is that version to maintain the aspiration it just seems so what a mistreatment listen somebody came up with this dungeon it's awesome it's cool the mechanics are cool the bowl is cool the room is cool where you do the thing that i'm not going to talk about you know the, 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 the people know that there's sparrows the areas with the sparrows it's all cool it's really really cool and it doesn't feel like it's endgame content anymore. And we're a week in. We're literally a week in and it feels like an elaborate strike. Why? Because of the Delta. Listen, this is perfect grounds to let us keep getting really strong. Swords can be strong. Your crazy armor 2.0 mod build can be strong. Why? Because you got aspirational teeth punch content that's always tough no matter what. So you're allowed to be really strong. It's kind of necessary to meet those damage thresholds on the battlefield. Instead, we go in and we just like, yeah, where's the boss? Yeah, wipe. Sword, 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 sword. And it's a freaking strike boss now. I, I don't know. From a design standpoint, like if I was a developer and I de- designed that bowl encounter, there's a part of me that'd be like, wow, a weekend and that people are one-shotting him with swords? Wow, okay. Like, I don't know. I, that feels disappointing to me. It feels disappointing. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it maintains aspiration. We're dealing with some buffering guys. I am sorry. It should go away and stabilize very very soon. Uh, just let people in chat know to refresh once it calms down. Some of you may not experience any buffering at all uh, and just let people know to refresh in chat. It seems to have already stabilized. Iron Lord Rock do you think uh, that Bungie should do more lead up with these major enemies we fight lore wise or mission wise uh, what's yeah it's neat to have a new looking falling but who are they I am really hoping that you get your wish this season I am hoping you get your wish this season I like when there's a good lead up to the big bad the antagonist Oryx was good Axis was kind of lame but at least the Siva lead up with the Iron Lords and stuff was pretty dope I I still think we should have fought an Iron Lord at the end of Wrath I I continue to always feel like that was such a swing and a miss there should have been a remaining um, there should have been a remaining you know uh, Iron Lord for the end but in general in general I do think I do think that we're gonna get what you're talking about uh, DD Mild. Kind of off topic, but do you think a weapons overhaul is on the horizon due to the Bungie Help article saying raid? Yeah, the raid loot being reissued. I don't want to spin that into a theory just yet. We're going to get clarity according to Cosmo. So, 
Reign the Dark. With the Vault of Glass coming back in 2021, the weapons are renowned for their power or uniqueness. How can Bungie recreate those weapons without taking away their strengths? Um, this is a this is a great question. I would say that having inspirations of the weapons would be the right call. Don't just hand me Fatebringer. Don't just hand me Vision of Confluence. Like with respect, like that's cool, but come on, that's not how that's not how to treat that content. Number one, leave those weapons encased in time as they exist. Bring it forward, change it. It's gonna have to be harder because we're so stupidly strong. You know, you're a, you're a blanket Atheon. He's gonna be dead. Um, with the right builds and stuff, right? You know, and I would say have weapons that are clearly inspired by. Oh yeah, this is the Fate Bringer, but not really. I'll give you an example of how they could do this. So let me go into the game right now. Let me show you this. I just thought of this. This could be really, really cool. This could be really, really cool. So if you go to collections, go to weapons, go to heavy, go to swords, you have the crown splitter, and then you have the throne cleaver. Clearly, same weapon, clearly inspired in shape and format and animation, but one's crown splitter, one is throne cleaver. So, Fatebringer could be, you know, Death Dealer or something. I don't know. I just, I'm saying whatever comes to my head first. Like, that's what I would do. I would, I would, I would have the names, you know, the names be clearly inspired by what came before. And then the weapon should look and feel like, oh yeah, this is the Fatebringer. But oh, it's got blah, 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 you know. Rookie License. The new Prophecy Dungeon was a great addition for the season and it was certainly unexpected. Is this too early to say that we will see Luke's that uh, we will see Luke Smith's vision start to bear fruit leading into year four? The people that disagreed with me about Luke Smith, they don't think he's the right call. They think he's hurt the game more than helped it. I I just can't I can't see a future where they don't eat crow. What like after after they they launch that reveal and outline their plans for the future. It's really hard as a fan of Destiny not be like, well, Dad Gummit, that looks great. Like, you don't even have to be a fanboy. You don't even have to be a fanboy. You're just a fan of Destiny. You like playing Destiny. You watch that reveal. You see Europa. You see Stasis. You see the Stranger. You see the Witch Queen. You see Lightfall. How do you not say, well, all right, Luke Smith, you, you sounds like you're taking us to a great, great place. You know? And this, this year was likely the stepping stone and the gutted bandwidth year to get us there. Now, they're not going to come out and say that. You don't want to devalue your product that people are presently p- playing and paying for. But I, I, would, I would say it's really hard for anybody to look at the state of the game now with the story beats we're getting, the significance of what's happening and what's coming and be like, no, Luke Smith still sucks. I, I'm telling you, September is going to make lots of people realize why I continue to say Luke Smith is Moses. He's going to take us to the promised land. Like, I believe in Luke Smith. I trust him with the franchise. And I think people will see that on the other side of September. I think right now, a lot of the naysayers are still going to sit back and be like, yeah, but the lonesome and the gnawing hunger got reissued. And like, you know, they're still going to take their their sideline pot shots. But I'm telling you right now, everything they showed us for year four and beyond I'm like holy freaking moly 
that we're about to enter the golden age of destiny is what I is what I firmly believe. Um, so you can call me a fanboy shill apologist, whatever you know, whatever token Rolodex insult you've got you know lined up for me on the YouTube comments or Reddit or the forums. I genuinely don't care. I've I've loved this game since day one, and I see more of the improvements than the mistakes. The mistakes are there. The the missteps are certainly there. But by and large, I believe the trajectory. If you put Destiny one and two on a bar graph of like value increase, we're way higher than we than we ever were in D one. Yeah, there's big dips and there's big drops. But by and large, that graph is trending upwards. It, we, we've we've had the, the game has largely overall improved since destiny one and i think we're going to see it's going to be like when a stock suddenly shoots up i think september and beyond you're going to see value just like shoot like really go up and people are going to realize holy moly they're really committed to making this game the version that they're proud of i don't think they've made the version of Destiny 2 that they're proud of. Too many times they've used that language and they haven't said that this is what this is the Destiny 2 they're proud of. They've continued to talk about they want to build a Destiny 2 that they're proud of and they haven't done it yet. We're we're not that we haven't arrived there yet. So, this game is a big beta. Well, to a certain extent, every live service game is a beta. <laughs> like they're always taking, you know, chances and and and, you know, problems. Moses led a bunch of idiots to the desert for 40 years, though. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, don't apply it too rigidly. Like, the metaphor is, this is the guy that's going to take us from the bad place to the good place. Okay? You, you want to get specifics about how, well, it wasn't Moses, it was Aaron. Okay, Sunday school boy. Like, I know, the, I know how it all went out, how it all played out, too. I'm just saying, in general, in general... We're going from the bad place to the new place, the better place. Okay, <laughs> so we don't need to press the metaphor further than that. You know, well, actually, he didn't believe, and they they carried his bones because he died before they got there. <laughs> anyway, chaotic shots with the brand new prime sub. Enjoy your dope badge, emotes, and ad free viewing. <laughs> Let's get literal. Let's get literal. Um. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, the dungeon has received criticism for releasing at high power, but as an endgame activity, it needs to be hard uh, upon release. Is there anything Bungie could do to make the endgame content hard without necessarily having higher power? Well, they, it, I think at a ground level, you're hitting it exactly why I think contest is so helpful, okay? I think contest is helpful because Bungie's essentially changed Delta. So when, when you're within 10 or 20 of the Delta, it's actually not that bad. It's a lot better than it used to be. Why? They've spread out the pain. You can now go into content like 100 levels under Delta or something stupid. And then beyond that, it's immunity. So they spread that out. So it's not like immediately like, oh, frick this, I'm out. Listen, I'm the anti-Delta guy and I'm pro-contest modifier, okay? It's, it's a more tolerable Delta. It's a Delta that keeps you on your toes. We all know what it's like once you're overpowered and you become that lazy, lead-footed dum-dum that can just kind of stand there and tank damage. That is not good for endgame content. Delta on top of, on top of mechanics, I think works well. The, the intensity of the bowl encounter, what you're required to do to satisfy the mechanics 
and stay alive I think is a beautiful marriage of content I really do think Delta combined with good mechanics is perfect because the Delta is very different now than it used to be trust me you guys keep in mind I don't like Grandmaster Nightfalls I don't like 12 negative modifiers I don't like extreme Deltas I don't I think Delta Power Delta Contest Modifier has a place in Destiny's Endgame the bull encounter is the one that as you do it like the shadows move. I don't want to give away mechanics. It's the one where you're like, you're literally, it's like a bowl. It's like a ball. You're standing on a bowl and they got to jump up onto the little, the little sand bowls. That's all I'm going to say. I don't, I don't want to spoil mechanics. So I'm telling, I'm telling you, I'm the anti-Delta guy. I'm the anti-quit slapping a Delta negative modifiers on it. Uh, right now, go into that dungeon and handicap yourself under the Delta so you always see swords in those encounters and you will start to see exactly what I'm talking about. The need to move, the need to be aware, the need to watch your health, the need to regen, the need to res at the right time. That pressure and intensity just evaporates once you're over leveled it's like that entire element of challenge and end game content just goes away listen let's let's be fair here okay let's be fair here deltas are lazy i d- deltas aren't really true difficulty okay well neither over leveling isn't really true power is it do you see what i'm saying like there's two ditches to fall into way too much delta is cheap it's like oh wow you added zeros to their health bar this is ridiculous i can't kill anything right i'm getting a one tap right an extreme delta is one ditch another ditch is letting people over level for end game content so nothing is a true threat to them those are two ditches that i think contest modifier helps us avoid that's that's the way i want to couch it I don't want to fall into the ditch of an extreme delta, but I also don't want to fall into the ditch of like, this is really ridiculously easy now. So pressure and intensity in dungeons is okay, but in public events, it's bad. Yeah, that's called content hierarchy, Patman. It, if you don't see content hierarchy in this game, then I, I, I don't know how I can help you. Patrols, lost sectors, and public events are on the bottom rung of the ladder. It's supposed to be the most accessible, most just brain-dead easy content that there is. You go up from there to what? Daily missions, then strikes, then nightfalls. Then nightfalls have their own hierarchy of difficulty. Then there's raids and dungeons. There's a very, very clear hierarchy to the content. And to say that like public events should be intense and high pressure, no, uh uh-uh, no. That's meat and potatoes content. I don't want to go on a strike and sweat. I don't want to go into the public space and sweat. No, if I want to sweat, it, this is just why having two playlists, ranked and unranked in PvP, makes sense. When you want to sweat, you go to the sweat box. When you want to play casually, come to the casual playlist. These are basics. These are basic tenets of good game design. Next question The Great Car Dog. The world... Oh, I'm sorry. What would your thoughts be on having an unending difficulty scale for strikes, dungeons, ETC, maybe leaderboards? We, I get asked about this all the time. Is there a place for endless horde mode? It just keeps getting harder and harder and harder. Um, I don't know the answer to this. I feel like if there was room for it or there was a way to pull it off, they would have tried by now. Maybe it's not the haunted forest it's the verdant forest maybe the verdant forest was an experiment right maybe the verdant forest was an experiment of like you can stay in there for forever um 
and maybe they have something planned and that was a way to test it out or something I don't know Griffin how do you how do we think they'll do transmog will they just let you create a reusable universal ornaments or one per use per set oh I don't have a prediction here like are, are you gonna destroy the armor <laughs> you know what I'm saying I don't know they haven't said they haven't said I my hope would be my hope would be that it would literally create it so pixel comet do you think that there's a valid reason and what would that reason be for Bungie to have two armor sets available for one activity dungeon when there are important ritual activities that haven't had gear refreshes in so long this goes back and harkens back to value transmission I really do think only paying customers should be able to get the new armor set the reprisal you know trials of the nine armor that should be available for everybody um, 100, 100% uh, agree with you there so I don't know why I'm getting contacting Destiny servers again. AT&T must be acting up. Uh, Nader Hater. Since they brought back all the Ikelos weapons, will they make the Seraph weapons less special because now they can both create Warmind cells for builds? I got news for you. The Seraph weapons weren't that great to begin with. I mean, the, the Tyrant Surge really unseated them, and even when you use them, they just didn't feel all that strong. So I, I don't think they were good enough as weapons, like their raw damage and their potential roles. I defended them early in the se- earlier in the season, and dude, I, I walked that back. I, I 100% walked that back. I was like, nah, these weapons kind of suck. Tyrant Surge really, really ruined it for me. If they would have been the only way to make Warmind Cells, then we could have talked about the spawn rate of the Warmind Cells. But the fact that you could literally make them all day, every day with Tyrant Surge, it was like, I'm not going to run these freaking weapons. Like, pfft. So they're not that great to begin with. Now, the SMG is pretty good. I'll grant you that. But the auto rifle, no. Shotgun is good. I feel like it's better in Crucible, though. I don't know. Yeah, and the Ikelos weapons can now make them. Yeah, because they're Seraph weapons. We tried that last season. Do you remember? I was like, wait, Seraph? Wait a minute. Aren't there Seraph rounds on the Ikelos weapons? And we got out the SMG and it didn't work. So it didn't work last season. Uh, Next question from Axel. As a new PC gamer, I'm still getting used to 60 FPS. What is a good FOV to play on to make my transition smoother while getting uh, the most of the PC? If you're just adjusting to 60 FPS, I would go to like a 90, 85 or a 90 FOV. The closer you get to 100, the more it's going to feel maybe really fisheye for you. Uh, I think 100 and 105 is really high for somebody maybe not accustomed to it. I'd say 90. 90 would be fine. Um... I don't know. It, it you could try it at the 100 and 105, but it might feel really fisheye for you. Um, also, if your computer is struggling to maintain 60, landing in the 90 to 95 range and getting accustomed to it, your computer is going to have an easier time maintaining that frames per second if you're not fisheyeing like the perspective and seeing like next to your earlobe. Like th- you one, one I run 100, I run 100, but 90 to 95 gonna make it easier on your system to maintain a stable 60 fps and if you're not used to it that might that might be good you might start to feel a little motion sickness if you go too big and too fast and too high when i go down to lower fov lower frame rates i get motion sick i get like a headache nocturnal with three months i would say your best option is to probably start low and increase it 
right? Because if you go high and you end up don't liking it, or maybe you do like it, but then your computer can't main 60 FPS, so you have to lower it, it's going to feel worse lowering it. If you go if you go 90 to 95 and maybe increase it over time, that'll be a better adjustment. If you go way high and then lower it back down, I don't think that's, that's as good. Zero, then one. With the leaving of the prophecy, uh, what should Bungie do with the weapons that would be left behind? Well, it's getting reinstated. It's a temporary thing. Do you think that it's a big oversight that Altered Element is not dropping from the Contact Public event? It is dropping. It's just super, super infrequent. (laughs) It's not nearly as frequent as like just blitzing a nightmare hunt with gall in it. Um, That's a significant problem. That's another problem I have with the public event. It's a bigger time sink than other activities. So if you're going to have a greater time sink than other activities, I I think you need to like really, really increase the reward structure. You didn't answer my question? Yes, I did. With the leaving of the prophecy, non-intentional, what should Bungie do with the weapons that would be left behind, specifically exotics like... Ra- oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry, Zero. I'm, you're right, you're right. I apologize. Uh, Z- Rat King, Zaraba, and Acrius. You could probably just put them at Rahul, because Rahul has Bastion and some other weapons and stuff. So you could probably just throw them there. Yeah. Sorry, my bad, dude. Um, Next question. Do... Do you think that there's enough content to keep us engaged until September's launch? If they do good story trickle, I'm going to say yes, but a lot of people might be like, uh, they might not like it. EMG. Uh, the content loop itself, I think, is going to run dry really quickly for hardcores. Months to a month and a half. Uh, with Lightfall bringing this era of Destiny to a moment, as Luke Smith says, do you see this as a potential end to the Destiny franchise or just the end of this chapter? Love your content. I do not see them ending the franchise then. I think that will be the moment that we either choose sides or like we become we have three of each subclass. I think Stasis will be the first subclass and we're going to learn one next year during Witch Queen and another one at Lightfall and that will complete the three dark three light. We choose a side or we reject the Traveler or something because we basically become maybe untethered to the Traveler and the Light. Like, Eris can use Stasis, I think, and she doesn't have a ghost, which means she's not really attached to the Traveler. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I cannot say, I, I cannot see them ending the franchise there. And, and this is based on an interview with Pete Parsons. There was an interview um, where Pete Parsons basically said, in tw- by 2025, Destiny will be dramatically, you know, evolved and will be a multi-franchise company. Um, you know, a multi-title franchise or whatever the frick. So that their new matter game and Destiny will be, I think, completely, you know, banging on all cylinders come 2025. I don't think 2022 is the end of Destiny. That would be really odd for Pete Parsons to say that. And then three years prior to that, you know, his statement, Destiny's like, yeah, we're done. Bye. Like, I just don't think so. Crazy virus. Contest modifier uh, will be a good option to season pass holders um, with with new or different loot and materials from Astrowork. Contest modifier will be a good option to season pass holders. This is another good solution. Give me the option to turn on contests with cooler, better stuff if I'm a paying customer. Right. Um, why'd you say choose? Everyone always automatically goes to the side Zavala not is. Well, yeah, sure. But I mean, obviously, there will be people that want to do both. It just depends if they make us choose. Six months from Ravenous, Augustine. How did you respond to the lore bits offered in the new dungeon? Did it feel effective and compelling? 
Um, I, I, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't pay attention to any of it. Rain. Uh, is the armor from the dungeon the armor that they said they were moving from the Eververse? Yeah, the Dido stuff is. Since there's actual armor, are they not ornaments? No, I think they just converted them to armor. Uh, does it seem like the dungeon is further optimized than any content space thus far? I've noticed that the resolution and the FPS remain high level throughout. I'm going to have to test this. I, I don't think I've, I've noticed that. You're going to have to go to the Sparrow area to really test that. Um... I've made attempts in the solo flawless dungeon and I've done 15 solo flawless pits, but do you think the first boss, the phalanx room with his artificial difficulty like Reckoning did with the small platform? I think there is room for keep your feet moving. This is a small space. I will agree. I'm sick of getting physics. Okay. That's not really the bowl encounters fault. You know, it physicsing and stomping and getting knocked back is so prevalent in the game that when they use it in an area like that and I feel like it's kind of effective it sort of just rubs you the wrong way you're like oh man like I'm sick of getting stomped back if the game overwhelmingly wasn't doing that to you like every freaking time you round a corner then you might not feel that way I just think they've overused it and that's part of the problem the encounter itself I think is great um, and I will agree the, uh, the the super aggro from the knights can be kind of stupid. They'll just all of a sudden bolt charge you when you're in cover. You have to let the player stay in cover and kind of recoup, you know? So, new pop-up. Alright, hang on a second. Um, wasn't there an update? New, new pop-up in game? Alright, hang on. Let me change characters. My, I'm, I'm having AT&T lag again. Um... Destiny 2 upcoming changes. On September 22nd, Destiny content vaulting begins. Some destinations will be vaulted and new ones will be added. Vaulted. Titan IO, Mars, Mercury, and Leviathan. New. Europa and Cosmodrome. Learn more about Destiny 2's future at bungie.net slash vault2020. So, um, there you go. That's basically just letting everybody know about vaulting. Um, contact the rupture io contact has been made in rupture on io use drifters tech to harvest the darkness with your artifact while driving back savathun's forces uh untold glory so as a reward for completing competitive matches you've been awarded extra glory ranks so have they changed anything on io is this mission any different requires quest progress means to an end oh, i'm on the wrong character um powerful gear tier 2 in the rupture let me let me change characters oh it's in the rupture oh is the rupture a different location oh the event is in a new place oh interference is weekly I started on my titan didn't I so when you go run interference now, is it going to be a different, is it going to feel or be different in any way? Means to an end? I don't understand. Wasn't I a titan? I thought I was a titan. It still says means to an end needs to be completed. I've completed means to an end on this guy, haven't I? Go to the prismatic recaster. Oh, the quest is the same. You do the quest weekly. It's a weekly quest. Okay. Let's go to the store. Um, So all of the silver stuff's up here. We've got 
that the outbreak ornament the multi-band shell i like that with little radar uh the nothing is wrong emo or the it lights on fire uh a tree ghost projection uh dawn of invention i think he's gonna get down and like hit bones in the ground wacky inflation oh it's like that guy uh we got the warsat transmat we got the calypso sparrow Ooh, that's cool with that lighting effect on the side this is all for bright dust fist of fury finisher uh and then we come down here and this is a lot of stuff i already have uh mirror mirror emote and then burnout sparrow so if you're a fan of uh what's his name boxer dance ghost awkward greeting tractor cannon dinosaur ornament is available yeah ghost rider thank you so you can get that a lot of great shaders here descendant vex chrome tarnished copper vice poison shimmer and cerulean divide uh those are all pretty pretty dope so um yeah there you go i don't know did i roll i didn't roll up yet no i didn't so you don't have that yeah there's some good stuff in there for bright dust if you're uh, you're you're a bright dust fan so rupture is now where it is um l- l- i guess we can go to drifter and see is the quest exactly the same every week that is weird that they're doing it yeah it's flashing blue it's flashing blue i thought for sure i finished I think I did everything on my hunter. Let me do it on my hunter if I'm going to go grab it. I'm pretty sure I did everything. Different lore in the quest. Okay, so it is different. All right. Hey, it's Pat. What would you think about them bringing back random elemental rolls on weapons? I'm in full support of this. I have a whole video on why I think this would be a great change and good for archetypal vacancies and, and, and filling in content. Uh new quest barrier for entry it's a new weekly quest yeah they said there was gonna be weekly missions simon bold uh how do you think bungie should justify the temporary removal of the dungeons and then bringing them back story related update aside i mean i don't know i'm not i'm not they said there's technical reasons that's good enough for me with the new damage types coming in the future what do you think will get more weapon slots and to account for activities with match game no i don't think so do you think that there will be a massive super or abilities rework of Arc Solar Void with a new expansion? Now, Luke Smith said they're not doing a massive rework. You're going to have more customization with stasis, but they're not going to do that for the other ones. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of like quality pass to make them better because I think they're going to feel like they're not as good. That happened in the Taken King. Like the old subclasses just seemed lame in comparison. Your thoughts on updating the other dungeons? and give them armor like the new dungeon and make them repeatable. I could get behind that or just going forward, do it for all the others. Um, I'm dealing with all the lag right now, so I don't even know. Okay, there we go. Um, you guys are saying it's new. Maybe it's only new on my other on my other characters. Um, I'm not really sure. Because I it just means to an end again. Contain the darkness by participating in contact public events. Should that have a different name? Did you guys have a different name there? A decay subclass? Yeah, they could do that. I could see the drifter teaching us a darkness like decay black, you know, skill tree or something. The name is the same. Okay. All right. 
We'll do it here in just a moment. I should probably reset everything since that seems to be the only thing to fix this issue that I get with AT&T. Um, like I'm probably just very, very soon to lose my, uh, to lose my internet. Um, that's typically how this goes is I start getting the contacting destiny servers error. Uh, I'll try rebooting the game and see if that doesn't fix it. I thought there was going to be a little patch or update today to fix the sprint cancel and stuff. Did you guys get an update? Means to an end leads to doing interference. You need to complete it weekly. It reset for me as well. Okay. Um, the real boards says how literal or directly connected. Um, do you think the story of the prophecy dungeon is for destiny's progression uh, in the coming year? I don't know how much prophecies uh, related to it, but I definitely think uh, I definitely think that there's room for the crescendo of the story to get really good, right? Like, I, I want to know what is going on with Aramis, what is going on with the planets, what's going on with the pyramids. I'm I'm a hundred percent down for that. Are you with Uverse? I'm having the same issue with the service. Yeah, my Uverse is terrible. Uh, I'm having a tech come out tomorrow. We're thinking that it might be the modem because um, they check the lines and the speeds and they're like, there's no issues in your area and you have a great connection. We've got great speeds. So I think my modem's jacking up because I can reset the modem and all the problems go away. It's like if I had bad signal or bad lines, resetting the modem wouldn't fix that. <laughs> uh, Jesus Kuhn or Jesus Kuhn. What is your opinion on the current rate in which we gain altered elements? Do you think it's extremely slow? I have said that it's too choked, and that's why people are basically running... um, I just got a servers are unavailable error. I think that's why people are just running nightmare hunts, and that's why people AFK forge farm. Like, I think the currency is just too choked. Um, If you're... Especially if you're, like, on one... if, If you're on... If you're on one thing, if you're like one character, I mean, come on. It's going to take you forever to get, to get the currency needed. Uh, let's see. Random Ninja Hero with 26 months, six months from Lethal Strike. Yango with seven months. Co- C. Rodriguez with 11 months. Five months from RW Friend. Um, two months from Crispy. Five months from Fuego Mike. And a brand new one from Basis. Thanks for the new sub. Enjoy the dope badge, emotes, and ad-free viewing. Yeah, we could run a username check on this. Is this somebody that was trying to get me to say something nasty? Uh, hang on a second. Uh, let's see here. They've had their account since 2017, and they've been following me since May. I don't think it's a troll account. I just think it's an unusual spelling. Um, the Gunsmith's Weekly is IO. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's actually IO. Let's see if we can actually go to the tower and stay there. Uh, next question. What's, uh, what, what's Pinnacle PvP loot doing in the PvE dungeon? Shouldn't PvP armor be reintroduced in PvP? I, yeah, this is not really a question. It just seems like you're upset about it. We've already talked enough about the loot, though. With basic umbral focusing and the dungeon being free to play, what's the big thing that we paid for the season? We've already gone round and round on this. I don't want to revisit it. I think they could do a better job communicating what we get for the $10. Doc Dang with 8 months, 37 months from D. Columbian Pride, 24 months from Dixie Whistler. That's a gold badge. And a brand new Prime sub from H. Potter. 
enjoy the dope badge emotes and ad free viewing if you guys are new and you enjoy the vibe here it's like an interactive podcast you can keep me on in the background throughout the day Monday through Friday I'm like a radio show I'm family friendly you don't gotta worry about keeping me on around the kiddos or coworkers or anything like that make sure and click the follow button that's actually free that's actually free no 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 no. the username that I just read the Jesus or Jesus it was like Kun K-U-N-N but it could be pronounced like an unpleasant word that I'm not going to say again I don't again they've had it since 2017 I think it's just maybe their last name or a name or something maybe I just pronounced it wrong True Flight with the brand new Prime Sub enjoy the dope badge emotes and ad free viewing um it's a thing that anime names do oh okay oh it's a Japanese thing oh well then we're fine I wasn't going to say it didn't seem like somebody was trying to be offensive it was a three year old account um the new dungeon felt like a three guardian raid rather than a dungeon do you think Bungie could be working towards three to six man raids in the future no I think dungeons have felt like three man raids for a while so uh do you think that it would be reasonable uh to make armor drop masterwork in all the dungeons and raids to give more reasons to see engagement with those activities to ensure engagement with more complex mod builds um I mean if if they're going to give you more to do in the end and give you more reason to run, you know, better, more thoughtful stuff, more more more, you know, more heavy loadout stuff, I am always going to be in support of that. Pushing people toward the new mods, pushing people toward um Pushing people toward the new mods and pushing people towards new builds is exactly why I said Warmind Cells should have been, um, they should have been in, uh, like, modifiers for Warmind Cells should have been in the freaking uh, Grandmaster Nightfalls. I think that would have been perfect. So, uh, 100 bits from Dog, 350 bits from Jay Stubbles, and Bower Socks with 100 bits, thank you. Uh, Lurker's Rage. What's your opinion on adding a max power level to the endgame content such that so players do not need to grind to max power level because it won't matter? Do you think that this would alienate some of the player base? Would this be a worthwhile change? I don't think they want to completely overhaul everything that has to do with leveling. I think having a level bump every season is fine if leveling is good. It isn't that leveling is bad. We have bad leveling. It isn't that like having stuff like, you know up above your current power level is bad aspirational content there's nothing wrong with that it's just the journey to get there has to be streamlined so it it, it can't be choked and, and RNG based remorse uh, you just informed us that loot works the same way in prophecy as trials with your loot table being locked to what drops but is it weekly we don't know we will know end of day the answer to this question it's likely going to continue to expand your loot pool week to week and not limit it for the entire week you talked about how the dungeon will lose its intensity what do you think of a fix would be for two difficulty options we've already addressed this and how they could do a hard mode with contest and increase rewards and better stuff maybe even unique stuff do you think that we need to see more mods on the gun side like surrounded spec or rampage i'm hoping for a complete armor i'm sorry a complete weapon overhaul in september that would either that would maybe lead to some of this more mods more customization not crafting not crafting but more more mods and and customization Jay, with the transmog system going into effect, should Bungie shift aspirational rewards away from stat-rolled armor towards ornamental armor? It seems like a logical shift in its uh, in combination with sunsetting. So stat-rolled armor, 
away from stat world toward ornamental armor no i don't agree with this at all i i think the i think having the stats and having the you know having that investment path i think is is a hundred percent totally fine um yeah i i don't i don't ag- i don't agree with this i i don't think that's the right call um i think there's plenty of there's plenty of ways to do this uh and give people reasons to do you know invest in their armor i do think it's going to get a little tedious after a while feeling like you just you can't get ahead and you feel like you're always trying to um you're always trying to get that 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 currency again you're always trying to kind of like grind that up again um i would i could definitely see that that becoming an issue for some folks um and, and, and being and being a problem being like I just can't get ahead I'm always out of the currency um, so I, I, I think that there I think there is a hundred percent room to say we need to maybe make some of the currency more accessible um, and then that might help but at the same time it's supposed to be an end game grind so um, a server side fix has been implemented that will resolve the following issues. Players were not receiving the appropriate amount of twisted energy after earning Umbral Enhancement 2. Focus Umbral Ingrams could sometimes decrypt higher than intended. Well, there goes that freaking grind. Umbral Ingrams are no longer going to level you up. Um, oh, is it down here? Um, so, yeah, they took that away. It took that away real quick. My hunter basically got to 1050 on all of his armor, so I got to enjoy it, you know, at least for a little while. Um, let me let me hit this just in case somebody. Oh shoot, that's not good. I, I'm on the I'm on the wrong I'm on the wrong subclass. I was gonna try and get some of this done while we finished up Q and A, at least get it started. I'm gonna try and re-instance though, so I can actually hit the flag. Uh Bilal, both Anarchy and the new Wither Horde are to me examples of weapons that can be used to set traps. Would you like to see more weapons that serve similar functions as weapons meant to serve traps? I think anything that goes into the realm of futuristic weapons and non-traditional weaponry, I am in support of. Dream. With the introduction of Umbral Ingrams, do you think that Bungie is softly telling us if you don't want archetypal vacancies in September, you have to grind these archetypes this season? I I do not think that's what they're doing. No, that, that doesn't seem like um that does not seem like the read that i i got from you know from the the feel of the umbral the umbral is designed to give you currency grind and intentionality grind to feel like you can go after the things that you want uh, to get do you think the new dungeon is not hard as others because it's free what? No, I don't think so. It's the Delta. Like, listen, man, once you're at Delta for uh, Pit of Heresy, Pit of Heresy gets is fun too. It's fun. It's, it's Again, it's like an elaborate strike. It doesn't, you don't really feel like you're all that pressured um, at all. And I, that's, that's just, I think that's, again, that's just like a general concerning criticism I have for the idea that like you can basically get to the Delta and then it's in its way easier and it's not hard and you can you know you can run through areas there were numerous times you know that we ran it recently um and i was just like man this just doesn't seem like i'm even having to really pay attention to my health i keep going back to garden of salvation contest modifier that felt 
like a good use of Delta where I had to pay attention to my health. It wasn't absurd. I wasn't getting one tapped. I could hold my own. Keep in mind, Recluse really, really helped me at the time. That means I think aspirational content, aspirational loots, like all that stuff needs to uh, to be in place. Yeah, the sprint fix is still not there. I, I swore there was something coming. Try it solo. Listen, you keep telling me to try it solo. That's not an answer to my criticism, by the way. That's not an answer. Endgame content being easier once you're at Delta. What are you going to tell me the same thing about a raid? Well, try it solo, Lono. I mean, once you're at Delta, if it's too easy, you try it solo. Shut up. That's not an answer, and you know it. That's not an answer. If content gets too easy because I'm at Delta, the answer is not for me to go in and play it outside of how it's designed. Well, Bungie, Lono, just go in with blue weapons. Come on, Lono. No, uh uh-uh. Design the content to feel like endgame content. Like, it doesn't feel like endgame content once I am at the Delta, and I think that is a significant problem with endgame content that we've talked about for a long time. I am asking for, I'm asking for new new endgame deltas to be put into the game and I don't, I don't, I don't think that the, I'm asking for anything absurd uh, when I ask for that uh, Queen Squirtle with two months thank you so much so I, I think there's plenty of room there is plenty of room for those types of things um, am I duping the ball by mistake I don't even know what's happening I'm getting, a, I'm getting lagged out here um, it's an answer because it's designed to be soloed Okay, listen, having a solo triumph does not mean it's designed to be soloed. Like, that doesn't mean they designed a three-person thing to be soloed. I think that that's a complete and utter mis- mis- misrepresentation of the content. No. They they don't they don't do that. When they oh, I knew it. When they design content like that and then they give you the option to go solo for a triumph, you can't say, "Oh, it's designed. It's designed to be run soloed." No, it's not. That's an option. You can handicap yourself with power level, right? You can handicap yourself with power level. Yeah, I got signed out of my friends list. Um, I'm back in, though. I don't know if I'm back in in the event that I was taking part in. It doesn't look like it. Um, PvE is more challenging on console compared to PC by far. Yeah, I... Yeah, I is a, a brand new instance. Oh, that stinks. It's freaking AT&T stuff, dude. <sighs> uh, hockey. In the new dungeon in the Wastelands, there were four boxes with four planets in front of them. Mercury, Io, Mars, Titan. What do you think this infers about the planets? They're targeted for consumption of some sort. Uh, and that's going to be maybe the, the story grounds for their disappearance. JD Gamer. Lono, starting next season, two dungeons will be not relevant. Uh, should Bungie take both Pit and Shattered Throne and refresh the loot pool? I'm always in favor of this, by the way, after a long enough amount of time. Two months from uh, Dusty the Mad. I'm always in favor of taking old content and giving it a, a dress up. Yeah. Uh, regarding Grandmaster Nightfall, what if a uh, change Bungie made would have a slight chance for Masterwork Exotic? That's not good enough. I, it, it, the structure of Grandmaster is not where I think it should be. What do you think a striking crucible should remain the main source of exotic catalyst or would you like to see them more spread out? I don't have a strong opinion on that one. Uh, brand new prime sub from hog hog nation. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and ad free viewing. Thank you for the new sub and thank you for everybody clicking the follow button. Um, with con will content be sunset 
uh, similar to the schedule for weapons going forward or only dungeons and raids and new planets survive into year five will content be sunset it, well that's what the destiny content vault is literally designed to do is to eventually see the the removal of of you know some planets and some things to make space for new stuff that's like a hundred percent something uh that they plan to use the destiny content vault for best of me with Bungie bringing back Vogg and Luke Smith Mark Noseworthy mentioning how it might have a champion within it what changes would you like to see with the old raids I kind of already answered this it needs to be sort of inspired by the original weapons and interactions but it still needs to feel and look like Vogg I would think um doesn't seem like you're the only one having network issues beavers are rampant right now okay maybe it's not me maybe there are like just continue to be network problems across you know the country because of what happened yesterday Aldante what do you think that the future they would take the moon the dreaming city away love the content been editing all night I don't actually know if they're going to do this this is one of those this is a yes or no future question that I ask people not to submit so I'm not mad at you but please try not to submit questions that are worded like this this is exactly almost verbatim do you think in the future they're going to do this thing it's a yes or no question I have no way to give you an answer it seems they're open to the idea yes of removing content to make space are dreaming city and the moon protected for forever I would say probably not we'll just have to wait and see what the plan is uh, or Bri Bri with a brand new tier two sub. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and ad free viewing. Thank you for the support. Thank you again, guys, for the crazy support lately. Oklahoma clanmate theorizes when the prophecy returns, it'll be with a new boss in a wasteland. It'll always be foretelling future content thoughts. Doesn't really seem plausible to me. I'll say it's possible. They said it's something underneath the hood with the way content is, is like match made or something. It doesn't seem related to that. Uh, it'd be cool if they do that though uh, do you think the class items should roll with stats aside from the three elemental armor types I don't have a strong opinion here uh, rogue status I went to Zur and didn't get the air apparent even though I have all the exotic weapons on my hunter Twab said it would be in the loophole or am I mistaken I don't remember reading this somebody's gonna have to clarify this for our friend here rogue status I don't remember reading this uh, tell Kla, tell Kate. Do you think that weapon leveling should be reintroduced in the near future? Uh, no, I think weapon leveling is a terrible idea. Uh, people are trying to bring old school Destiny One grinds into the future, and I think it's an awful idea because back then there was nothing to do. And if you want to have weapon investment, where like we invest in the gun, we make the perks better, we make the gun better. I could see maybe doing that. Like perks aren't that great. Um and then they get better as you level them or something but I don't want to, gun leveling is an awful idea, it is it is, is an awful idea, so that'll do it for us that's a pretty good lengthy Q&A I still have to do my talk, if you want to hear my review of the dungeon, you'll have to stick around for that, uh, don't go anywhere and we will be um, we'll be jumping into that here momentarily as well as the new missions and the lore uh, if you haven't clicked follow yet please click follow if you're listening in all the other locations you can always come in live to say no to rage.com to take part in these discussions and as always please like share and subscribe